Lynch in the backfield. Russell looks, throws inside. Oh, my God, it's picked off at the goal line. Welcome to Goal Line Gab with Luke Brown and Joe Mackey. So I'm going to go on and take a swing. You find the spot and I'll find the money. You be the pretty and I'll be the funny. You plant the flowers, I'll plant the kisses. Baby, let's get right down to business. I'll hang the pictures, you hang the stars. You pick the paint, I'll pick a guitar. Sang you a song out there with the crickets and the frogs. You name the babies and I'll name the dogs. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to Goal Line Gab Episode 3. I'm your host, Luke Brown, alongside your other host, Joe Becky, and we are so excited for Episode 3. We've been pretty much all NFL. We had a mock draft special. We had Aaron Rodgers and the review of the draft. And now NFL rumors and events are pretty much over. We do have some news coming out of Jacksonville today, uh, or yesterday, really. But it's mainly MLB. We are in the thick of MLB season. There's no better time to be an MLB fan right now than right now. Uh, how how you doing, Joe? I'm doing, I'm doing great. great. I'm excited for episode three here. It's going to be a great episode. I've really enjoyed what we're doing so far, and I'm looking forward to what's to come. Yeah, I definitely am as well. Um, and we're three weeks into the podcast, and uh, both of us are so excited to um, be giving you MLB content now because, as I said, it's really been all NFL. Um, but But there's big news today in the MLB to start us off, news that's pretty much developing right now um, is the Oakland the Oakland A's they could be moving out of Oakland and this is big I mean in the offseason you might be like oh what, whatever it's the Oakland days it'll be cool to see them move but now that we have gotten into let's see um, the Yankees have gotten into 34 games of the MLB season so around 30 to 35 games in the MLB year and this is a top five team in the league I mean that is crazy that this team is moving they are third in the American League be, uh, right one game behind uh, the Boston Red Sox so really they're tied for second uh, in the American League so this is big I mean this is this is a powerhouse team so far uh, what are your initial thoughts on this because it, it is developing news uh, but what are your thoughts there Joe yeah, it's crazy that it came like right in the midst of the MLB season. Like you said, like we're like four or rather five or six weeks in. It just came like at a random point in time. They're on fire lately. Um, I heard that Las Vegas is a potential um, new location for the A's. Their stadium, first of all, I mean, it's terrible. It's probably one of the worst in the league. So it wouldn't be the worst thing as far as their stadium goes for relocating. But yeah, their team has been on fire lately, and this is definitely big considering we're in like we're not even halfway through the season like we're in the first part of the season like this is coming out right now it's crazy to think that they could be potentially moving um they're going to be exploring exploring relocation possibilities after the MLB actually suggested they consider um moving cities um if the Howard Terminal Stadium proposal is not approved by um the local politicians there so yeah definitely big news out of Oakland there We'll see what happens. It's developing. I'm sure something will happen within the coming week, at least, though. Something to expect. 
Yeah, I was going to bring that up, that the reason that they are moving, yeah, is because the local lawmakers and politicians are not willing to pass this new stadium. And I would pull up a picture and show everybody the new stadium, but this is obviously is a podcast and nobody would be able to see it, so there's no point in that. But the new stadium looked very nice and very expensive. Um, so, but my message to the local politicians is at least try to work with this Oakland A's uh, uh, staff and, and obviously not the players, but but the owners and things like that because they need to realize these politicians need to realize that if they keep the team in Oakland, it's big because it is a powerhouse team right now. This is a team that could go very far into the playoffs and that needs to stay in Oakland at least for a couple more years because this is a team to stay. They've got young talent and they're not going anywhere. So they've got to get they've got to get it and it makes more money for the the city if they're good. And they are good. So why try to move them out? And obviously yeah, Vegas is a front runner, but what if you could choose any uh, city in the entire United States that doesn't have a baseball team, what would you choose? What, what, what city do you think deserves one? Nashville. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I was initially going to say Louisville, because uh, Louisville's a baseball town, but yeah, Nashville makes more sense, for sure. Yeah, it would be really cool to see them move to Nashville. I mean, it's probably not likely. I, I would say it's one of the top locations there, but like Las Vegas just seems like for the A's it makes sense. But like another team like looking to relocate, nobody else is looking to relocate, but like say another team's looking to relocate, then um, I would see them like Nashville, something like that. But um, keep in mind the A's start off the season like one and seven, one and eight, and they're like hot out of the gate ever since they went yeah that's how this that's how this whole season has been a lot of teams started off super slow uh and then they're finally bouncing back but i mean it's just been so i think this might be the first year that i've actually invested my time week by week trying to figure out how i could possibly watch the yankees games so i have this calendar that i've literally just wrote down because, you know, I don't have Yes Network, so it's it's always been tough for me to find places to watch the games. So I literally have it written down, Yanks Off versus Tampa Bay on ESPN, MLB TV, free game of the day, uh, MLB Network, and then the Masson series when they play Baltimore and Washington. I've been trying to watch as many Yankees games as I possibly, humanly possibly can. And then I've also been watching the other games that are on ESPN and so forth. I've really invested my time into baseball this year, and it has paid off so well. This has just been a fantastic season so far. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more there. There were like a definitely um, questions whether the season was going to start on time once again, obviously, because you know we only had a 60-game season last year. A lot of things were screwed up last season, but they got everything together really quick. The players union, the owners, and Rob Manfred, they got everything together really quick, unlike last season. Um, but starting the season on time was great, but even this season, just to see the teams, something that I've seen this season is, like, it's not a big gap between the teams that are good and the teams that are bad. It's a really close race. Yeah, I noticed that, too, because you look at the Yankees, who are currently in the second spot uh, in the AL East, and then you look at the Orioles, it's like a two-game difference. 
Yeah, it's incredible. And we're almost and we're approaching mid-May, but um, still, I mean, it's a really close race. And we haven't really seen this in the past years. Like we've seen teams get off to a really hot start to start the season in previous seasons. And this year, it's good to see a close race um, between every team. But the Dodgers also, they're not great. Yeah, that's been fun to watch. I mean, you see Trevor Bauer said the other day that he was pissed about the situation over there. And I mean, I saw, I don't know if you saw it, but you probably did because I think it was on the Talk of Baseball page, uh, that the, the Dodgers at the end of the regular season last year had 17 losses, and they reached 17 losses yesterday. Or maybe it was the day before that, but this weekend. Yeah, that's, that's cool. cool. That should be a good team like the Dodgers, but, you know, things happen. Like that. That teams teams go on their own stuff like stuff that. Like that. Yeah. 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 I would be I would be quick to criticize them about their payroll and the players that they acquired, uh, but I know that that happened to the Yankees, so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut um, and not talk about it. But speaking of the Yankees and the Orioles, uh, it is probable that both of us will be at the Yankees Orioles season uh, or series this upcoming weekend, because I'll be there on Friday night. You'll probably be there on Saturday, so that'll be fun to watch. Uh, and this is a crucial series for both teams so uh, I know it's early but the, the Yankees series tonight uh, stretching through with the Rays is crucial and the upcoming one is crucial for the Yankees as well uh, speaking of the Orioles our cover athlete uh, or one half of our cover athlete John Means uh, no hitter that we well, it happened when last episode came out but we, I think we recorded on Tuesday last week so we didn't get to uh, talk about it, but that was crazy. That was what a, what a what a day for John Means, and he's pitching again today. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. It's like when he came last year, or when he like was starting last year in the previous seasons. It was never like known that he was like gonna have a great game and get a win for us and all that, because it's always been a problem our pitching throughout these past seasons. But this year, to finally find our guy in ace, it's great to see. Um, a guy who came out of West Virginia University, um, got surgery, thought about retiring after he came out of college and uh, doing a new job, but he made his best decision to not retire from baseball. And look where he is now. He's one of the best pitchers in the league, and it's great to see um, for him there, for sure. Yeah, that was really cool to see last Wednesday. Uh, it came down to the last to the last stretch that was fun to see and that's the fourth no hitter that we've seen this season strikeouts are at an all-time high uh hitting is low i cannot wrap my head around. and i know that we're getting two baseball guests on some of the upcoming episodes um so i'm definitely excited to ask them these similar questions but do you have any idea why hitting is so low this year i can't think of an explanation i, I literally can't The only explanation that I can think of is that the pitching is better. That's the only way I can, like, fe that's the only way. You see, like, the pitchers, you know, last year, well, the year before when it was a full 162-game season, you had one you had one to seven, one to five good pit really good pitchers in the league. But this year, look at how many good pitchers there are. You got Jacob deGrom, obviously. You got Danny Duffy, Garrett Cole, obviously. John Means now up there. Um, some underrated guys, Stephen Matz, Nick Pavetta. These guys are, like, really good this year. And, like, 
nobody really knew about them last year. Brandon Woodruff and the guys who are usually really good, talking like Max Max Scherzer, guys like that, they're not anything special. They're not at the top tier of this list. Underrated guys, John Means, I said, Danny Duffy, Trevor Rogers, even Wade Miley. Like, I mean, who would have thought that this guy? Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. who would have thought that it was going to be Wade Miley, John Means, Danny Duff throwing these no hitters? Uh, one pitcher that I've ex- I've been excited to watch is Corey Kluber. I think I've pretty much watched every game that he's pitched because, uh, as I said, I try to watch the Yankees games. And I'm when I looked last night uh, when I officially got word that I would be there on Friday night, uh, that it was going to be Klub pitching on Friday night against the Baltimore Orioles. I was so, so excited. Uh, The only other guy that I would have liked to see was Garrett Cole, but obviously that's kind of our guy, but our however many million gajillion dollars we paid him. Uh, But I've been been really uh, looking forward to watching him pitch quite a bit this year. Yeah, ever since the Orioles game, I really think. I mean, even before the Orioles game, his start before then, he really did turn it around. Um, and hopefully he doesn't dominate the Orioles like he did last start. Wouldn't be surprised if he does. But, uh, you know, he's he's really turned around. He started off 0-2, I believe, with like a above 4.0 ERA. Now he's gotten it down to 3. He's 2-2. Two and two. He's got 35 strikeouts. He's only given up three home runs, so guys aren't hitting a lot off of him. Um, I think control has just been the problem for him walking a lot of guys there. Yeah, I agree. All right, so that's MLB talk. Um, And Nashville is the place that we think should get an MLB team. Las Vegas is probably the place that will get an MLB team. Um, No hitters, a lot of things going on in the MLB landscape. Now we're going to talk about two sports that we don't usually get into, uh, but we will today, is horse racing and boxing. Um, I I guess this isn't the UFC or whatever, uh, but Floyd Mayweather and... Was it... He's fighting Logan Paul, right? Yeah, he wants to fight both. Oh, okay, he wants to fight both. I think he's Okay, yeah, So, it, but it was Jake Paul who took his hat. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that's... There's a debate going on in the boxing community, and I'm sure that every person who strictly watches boxing, uh, nothing else, doesn't watch any other sports, and that's how they've always been, I'm sure that they would probably kill the Paul brothers if they had the chance um, just to get them out of the sport. But I would say that neither of us are big boxing people. So, what's your take on this? I mean, this is... He, he took his hat like they were fourth graders on the schoolyard. And really, that's all that happened. But this is this is weird. I mean, is it good for the sport that we're getting drama and publicity? Is it bad? Was it staged? What, what's your take there? Yeah, not only do I think, I mean, obviously the WWE is fixed and they set everything up like that. And I think the same thing is going on here in whatever you call it. I know it's not the UFC, but whatever it is, it's fixed and these things happen and to like stir up some drama and stuff like that and to get like hype for the fight coming up June 6th, I think it is. But, you know, taking his hat, I mean, that I think it was staged. That's why I think the drama is now really up. 
for this fight upcoming and people are going to get really excited for it, but it's going to last like two seconds and it's going to be an instant knockout for probably Floyd Mayweather as expected as I hope as well. Um, but you know, yeah, that's, that's just my take on it. I don't know about you, but I definitely think it's fixed and staged and all that. Yeah, I probably agree. Uh, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, maybe I should watch that fight. And then I was like, what's the point? Because you know, we know what's going to happen. It's probably Floyd Mayweather's just going to knock him out. And, and I mean, it. I, I, I don't even know my take. Like, I don't. I, I would have to talk to, like, somebody who actually knows boxing because. Cause I just I don't I don't even know what to think. I'm just like, that is so childish. First of all, like he just he just goes up, he just walks up, he's like, oh, got your hat, and then he. By the way, he got beat up by the security guards, and he was still like, got your hat, got your hat, and then Flo I saw a video from Bleacher Report that Floyd Mayweather was like saying that he's gonna kill that MF and all this. I'm like, oh my god, just it's boxing, like. It's a big sport, and, like, it, the sport is f based off of aggression and everything, but, like, come on, like, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me, really. Yeah, like, yeah, like, that was, that happened on May 6th, last Thursday, and the, the fight is until June 6th. Yes, yes, so, so I, I, like, I could hold a grudge for a month, no, no, no question about that, but... I can't really get in that mindset. I'm sure that they're, like, if I was a boxer, I'd have to like, trash talk the guy, like, the day of the fight. Right. Because then I, I would have no motivation. I would I would just go out there and I, I, I wouldn't want to hurt him at all. Yeah, so, I don't, I don't understand the boxing world. Well, I understand the real boxing world, but this garbage really is what it is. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other sport that we usually don't talk about, but we're going to talk about today, is the horse racing world. There's also drama coming out of that. Sunday morning, Mother's Day, um, I, maybe that's when the Kentucky Derby, the test results, maybe that's when, right when they came out and they just released it right away. I don't really know. Uh, but the Kentucky Derby was, was it last Saturday? Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah, it, so last Saturday, the Kentucky Derby, um, and then... Was the Medina Spirit is the person who won, uh, and I guess he tested positive. No chance I'm going to be able to pronounce this correctly. So it was some sort of uh, performance-enhancing drug that that he tested positive for. Uh, Bob Baffert, I guess, is the owner of the horse. He got banned. I guess he's been involved with some foul play before. He's banned from the grounds. Uh, he, I think, he's still claiming that he did nothing wrong. Um, and th that it didn't happen, and uh, he went on Fox News yesterday, said it was, like, about cancel culture, and they wanted to cancel him. I don't really know, but Benita Spirit is out, so is it the second person that, that goes in now? I believe, I believe it was, yeah. Yeah, so that's great for the second person. I mean, that's a roller coaster of emotions within a week. You get second place, you're like, oh, I can't do the Triple Crown or whatever it is. Uh... The, the Belmont, I think it's the Belmont that's next to the Preakness. Uh, he's like, oh, I'm not going to be able to advance. And then he's like, oh, I am going to be able to advance. So what a what a job for that. But, uh, I mean, 
I don't even know what to think about this either. It's just like, just play by the rules. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really not that hard. And it's like horse racing. I mean, like, here's, here's what There's I, big money in the horse racing world, though. That, that's, that's true. true. But, like, here's the thing. I don't think, like, I mean, some consider it a sport. I think it's, like, more of, like, a skill, I guess you can call it. it it's a sport slash hobby in my book. But my full take on it is just, like, like you said, follow the rules. It's really not that hard. Like, you're literally drugging a horse. Like, that is absolutely absurd and ridiculous to win the race. Like, you're not even earning that. First of all, you're cheating. And second of all... Well, in my, in my opinion, like... Did he think? Did they think that they weren't gonna get caught? Because, like, you have to know that there's a drug test. I mean, you have to know. It's not like the NFL where they just randomly drug test players. Um, but like, you have to know that it's coming. So, what loophole did they think that they had, and it, and how did it not work? Because if you think you have a loophole, you pretty much have a loophole. There's, there's not a whole lot of failed loopholes, especially in the drug testing business, because a lot of players get away with it, um, but, like, how did you not think that you were, how did you think you were going to get away with it, in my opinion? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense at, at all, like, at all, but I'm actually now reading something that says the horse, um, Medina Spirit, cannot be disqualified until a second sample collected at the same time as the first, um, which is absolutely ridiculous. Well, that's going to be big. I'm sorry to cut you off again. But that's going to be big because Bob Baffert says that he's not doing anything wrong. If he tests positive a second time, then you're lying. Which, I mean, obviously people lie all the time, but, but that's just going to be like, oh, is he now going to be kind of pretty much banned from the rest or the horse racing world? Yeah, I mean, like, one one test should be enough. If you test positive the first time, I don't get why you need a second one. It doesn't make any sense to me. But all around, it's like a crazy situation. Things like this happen. I mean, I, I've really never heard of it but happening. But, um, you know, it's it's crazy. It's absolutely absurd. I, would, I don't know. I have, I'm under lost words for it. But um, I didn't watch the um, race, but... I knew that Medina Spirit was the surprising winner, and I was like, I knew that they uh, he wasn't expected to win, and then I saw, oh wait, he got he tested positive for the drug, so I was like, no surprise there, but crazy situation all in all. Yeah, I didn't watch it either, but I did watch the the replay, and I was like, oh, Medina Spirit, that's a pretty decent name, and it was pretty cool race to watch because. I think that that stuff is kind of cool. Um, I remember I watched all three last year because there was literally nothing else uh, in the entire world. So, so, uh, but the Kentucky Derby was big because Aaron Rodgers uh, was there, and that was a big deal because obviously that was pretty much at the heat of the the entire thing, and. Have we reached the end of the Aaron Rodgers saga? Because did you see Adam Schefter was on Dan Patrick and he said that it was pretty much like an accumulation of facts and stuff? I didn't see that. Yeah, it is possible that he comes to the Broncos, but I guess Adam Schefter said that there was no real source 
and that it was really just an accumulation of the information that he had been gathering the whole offseason. So now, in my eyes, it's really a question of how big of a deal is it, and where's Aaron Rodgers on all of this now, because if he requested out, then uh, then he requested out, and in his eyes, when he sees the reports, he's like, okay, got out, yeah, I want out. He won't say that publicly, but but that's kind of how he reacts to the news. But I want to know how he's reacting, how he reacted on draft day when he was like, oh, pump the brakes. That's not exactly what's going on. But who knows? He's not going to say anything. He's not going to come out. So, uh, But who knows what that... But there's really no other news. Uh, Devontae Adams said that if he leaves, then he'll kind of reevaluate if he wants to be there. But that's obvious. I mean... I'd much rather play for Aaron Rodgers than I would play for whoever else they're going to put in. I, I guess Jordan that's going to be Jordan Love, yeah. But uh, other than that, I think Russell Westbrook made a, made some history last night in the NBA, which was uh, triple-double king. Uh, is that all-time triple-doubles like in his career? Was that yeah, what it was? Yeah, it's, it's crazy to think about that. A modern player now. I mean, I don't follow the NBA a lot, but I'll watch it every now and then. And I saw that Westbrook was um, approaching um, the triple-double record in the NBA of all time. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll watch this game. I knew it was on NBA TV. So I tuned into that last night. It was a really close game. And by the way, the Wizards are also pushing for a playoff spot. Um, really? Yeah. I did not know that. I haven't followed the NBA much this season either, but... I thought that they were terrible. Yeah, they got off to a terrible start, but they're only one and a half games back of that playoff spot right now, um, and the Hornets hold it, and the, the Wizards play the Hornets in the last game of the season. So that might be a great game to watch, and that might be the game who decides who's going to make the playoffs and who's not, and that's really exciting. But um, all in all, Westbrook, great player, tough loss last night. Wizards could be half a game out instead of one and a half games out of the playoff if they didn't lose by that one point last night. But congratulations to Westbrook. That's all I got to say. He's a great player all around. Yeah, for sure. He's he's one of the more underrated players. Um, and I remember Kevin Durant said, I, he, I think he just forgot that he was one of his top five teammates when he went on that podcast. And that was such an overreaction. But, yeah, Russell Westbrook, uh, definitely an underrated NBA player all around because – I mean, he's bounced around a little bit. It feels like he's bounced around a little bit because he spent all that time in OKC and then he spent such a short stint in uh, in Houston with James Harden and then they both branched out. So he's he's uh it's been interesting to see to see that. Uh, and then let's head to maybe our last headline. We'll see. Uh, Tim Tebow, obviously, that was big. Uh, and people are upset about it. I don't really understand why, but what's your take on, on Tim Tebow, tight end of the Jacksonville Jaguars? Yeah, I mean, I'm not upset about it. I can see why people are upset about it. I mean, I can see why it doesn't make sense, but I can, I see both sides, right? I think, I think of this as a good move for the Jaguars in that he's going to be that good leader in the locker room for them and lift them up and kind of bring them up when they're kind of down after a loss, stuff like that. Just a good leader. But as far as actually playing as the tight end, I don't think it's going to turn into anything. I really don't. It's not going to be anything special. Um, 
I think it's a little bit, it's just, it was unexpected. I knew that a rumor was going around, but then it just like happened and we were like, whoa, you know, all that. But as far as a leader aspect, he'll be a great leader. I don't think he'll be a great player though. Yeah, I don't, I don't really see that here. But I feel like it does make sense because I'm, I'm not surprised that he wants to do it just because because uh, he's done everything. He's been a Heisman. He's been touchdown Jesus. He's been a minor league baseball player, and now he's going to be a tight end, so I'm not really surprised in that aspect. And he's from Jacksonville. Uh, his college coach was Urban Meyer, so in that aspect, it doesn't it doesn't really shock me. Uh, tight end obviously is a pretty random position for him to go to uh, after being a quarterback and a baseball player for quite a few years. But Tim Tebow just does Tim Tebow, um, and I, I'm just I'm so like it. Well, the first thing that I thought of last night that I wanted to say was that the Jaguars now have a Heisman quarterback, and it's their tight end. So that's kind of funny. Uh, and it's just going to be kind of funny because the Jacksonville Jaguars have a rookie head coach and a rookie uh, quarterback. So you've got, however, I guess is Trevor Lawrence 20 or 20, 20 or 21-year-old quarterback throwing to however many years old Tim Tebow is. Uh, let's see. 33-year-old, 33-year-old tight end, um, and that's just funny, I mean, that's that's just going to be funny to me, just watch a class of 2021 quarterback throw to a class of, what was it, 2009 or 2010 quarterback for a touchdown against whoever, that's that's just going to be a funny uh, thing, thing. I'm just excited to see Tim Tebow play in the NFL again, especially now that he's not going to be a quarterback. But it's kind of funny to me. But uh, and then uh, if he makes the 52-man roster, then he's their starting tight end. So <laughs> who knows? It's it's a crazy sports news day. Oakland A's top three team in the AL are potentially moving. You've got Gotcha Hat guy, and you've got steroids or whatever at the Kentucky Derby and now we've got a 33 year old tight end coming out of Florida as a, or really coming out of the New York Mets to go play for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's a crazy crazy time in sports. Uh, but I guess that, do we have any other headlines? Is there anything else going on? Yeah, I want yeah, to say one thing about the Jaguars. Just the Jaguars, there's like a lot of unknown for them this year. They're kind of all over the place. Like they don't have like like, this can be a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing. And I think in this case, it's not the best thing for the Jaguars. They have, like, a mix of, like, veterans and rookies. And with their draft decision to get uh, Travis Etienne in, uh, with their second-round second, second round pick, um, it, was, it was just weird and interesting. And now the fact that they're signing Tim Tebow, I don't know. They're kind of all over the place. After James Robinson had a historic year, they draft Travis Etienne and then they're signing Tim Tebow kind of all over the place. I don't know what's up with them there, but definitely a lot of unknowns for them. Um, hopefully, I hope they can have a good season this year. It would be great to see that um, because I remember the Blake Bortles days back then. Um, really good. The Jaguars were really good back then. Um, but 
Also, I saw the NFL schedule will be coming out tomorrow morning. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Oh, it's in the morning. Yeah, yeah according to CBS. CBS and Fox will be coming out with it in the morning. Um, the show will be later. Let me read it. The NFL will have the entire week one schedule announced tomorrow morning. CBS, Fox, ABC, ESPN, and NBC will have it announced on their morning shows. Um, and then, obviously, ESPN has the show um, later, I think. Or maybe their morning show, because it says their morning show. But we'll see there. I heard that... Um, I guess the schedule release show is going to be at 8 o'clock. But, I mean, the viewership for that is going to be terrible. Oh, yeah. Everybody's going to already know. I'm not going to watch it. There's no point. So, yeah, I mean, I probably, I might, I might, but just that'll be fun. Uh, Rams and Bucks. That's going to be two older quarterbacks now because Matthew Stafford is now the Rams quarterback. So, that'll be fun. But, yeah, I love the schedule release, but I never really anticipate anything because I already know the home and away opponents. But it's just kind of cool to see what's going to be Sunday night football and Monday night football and, and what's going to be the 1 o'clock games and everything. So I'm excited for that, though. Yeah, it'll yeah, be, be Let me ask you a question. What do you, what think, do you think of the fans voting for the I never thought about that. Um, which actually reminds me of another thing that I wanted to talk about. Uh, but... I. I never really thought about that, but I like it. I mean, because the fans are the... That's that's who get affected the most by the primetime games. So, so yeah, that, that would make sense to me if they could vote for the primetime. Well, I would love it because I would love voting because I would just like to see what matchups. But is that something that they're thinking about? Or is that just something that you thought of? That's, that's something fall on the internet, and I was like, huh, that's an interesting idea. Hopefully they think of it. That would be insane. That would be really cool if fans could pick the primetime games. The schedule would be stacked then, but um, there's already a week 17 this year, which is also exciting, but we'll see. I saw it, but I don't know if it's really going to become reality. Yeah, another thing that I saw uh, that I forgot I wanted to talk about is Forbes released the top 10 most valuable teams, um, and let's start at number 10. There's three New York City, did you see this or no? Have you seen the, okay. No, no, I didn't. Alright, so number 10, Bayern Munich at 4.21 billion. I'm, st I'm currently still getting into the soccer world, so I don't know if they're kind of the Patriots of whatever league they're in. Probably, probably Premier League. Uh, all right, number nine, New York Giants. I can see that. I mean, it's the center of the world, really. Uh, and big sports town, a lot of fans. Four point three billion. Uh, number eight, and I, my prediction is next year at this time they will be off the list. Number eight, New York, New England Patriots, four point four billion. I can agree more. The people don't yeah, uh, yeah, I don't see them being on the list next year. Brady is never going back there. Edelman's out. Gronk's out. They have a totally new era in New England, and I guess we'll see if it's it's the new era 
Arrowwind Patriots. New Arrowwind Patriots. I like, I like that. <laughs> um, uh, but New New Era, we'll see if it's for better or worse. Probably for worse. They probably won't win six Super Bowls in the next 15 years. So, uh, number seven, Los Angeles Lakers, 4.6 billion. Um, yeah, I could, I, I see it obviously because they're kind of the Yankees and the Patriots of the NBA. Well. Either them or the Celtics, and it's a rivalry. So, so, uh, um, and I don't think the Celtics are on the list. Uh, four point six billion. Number six, Golden State Warriors at what at four point seven billion. That's surprising to me. Still, yeah, yeah, I think we're going to have a nice, but that matter the Yeah, i another thing I predict that the Warriors will probably be lower uh, by next year because kind of the hype is fading away because this season was kind of the hyped up year because they had Clay and Steph and they had Draymond and they had a third overall draft pick so they'd be back but I mean, they're kind of back but definitely not to the extent that they used to be around. Uh, number 5, Real Madrid 4.75 billion I, yeah, I can see that obviously uh, as I said I'm still getting in the soccer world so I can see it, yeah. Uh, number four, another soccer team, Barcelona. Obviously, Messi is there, so that's big. Uh, 4.76 billion. Uh, number three, which this makes sense to me again, um, that, and nobody expected this to be the case, but but um, the Knicks are back, and they're at number three, $5 billion, because they're decently good, whether they are good again, they have an all-NBA player in Julius Randle, they have an all-star in Julius Randle, uh, he's the face of the team now, and I'm looking for, they, I, it, it hurts me, or not really hurts me, but it does, it conflicts me to say that they're going to be higher next year because the 3-2-1, that area is obviously going to be really hard to move and shake around, um, Every team is just if the, if you're in the top three, then you're in the top three. Um, but the Knicks, they're going to land some free agents because a lot of free agents I feel like have wanted to go to the Knicks, but they just they have sunk so bad that they can't. Um, but obviously they've got great location, and the Knicks Nets rivalry is going to be something that's going to happen. That's going to be here to stay because. It's going to be a real big battle for New York. Obviously, the Knicks are kind of the more New York team. They play in Madison Square Garden. They play in Manhattan. Um, and they aren't the Brooklyn Knicks, or they aren't the Manhattan Knicks. They're the New York Knicks. Um, so they have, have a beat there because the Nets aren't even on the list. But the Nets have Kevin Durant, and the Nets have James Harden, and the Nets have uh, Kyrie Irving. So that's going to be a battle. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, number two, another New York team, and the final New York team, the New York Yankees. Um, obviously, they're the most story team in baseball. So, uh, and then finally, number one, the Dallas Cowboys. And how can you be valued at 5.7 billion if you haven't even won a Super Bowl since the 1990s? But it's a great, it's a great question. It really is. I don't understand. I I really don't understand. Like 
I get it, the Dallas Cowboys are one of those historical teams, and they have the stars, and they have the history, but, I mean, come on, it's just, like, at this point, what are we doing? You yeah, gotta, yeah. But, bold predictions for next year, the Bucks will be on that list, um, about the Milwaukee Bucks, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Right, right. Um, the Warriors will fall, and the Patriots will no longer be on the list. But those are the top 10 most valuable sports teams in the world, according to Forbes. Uh, but I guess that's the show. 40 minutes. Joe, anything else you want to add? I want to add one to the next. Uh, uh, the third most valuable team. One of the problems with the NBA is that the team gets but that's all I wanted to say about that. that that's why part one yeah. of the NBA makes it, makes it doesn't make us like this. Yeah, I agree with you there because I feel like that's kind of what's destroying the NBA. Like, what makes the MLB beautiful is that Mike Trout has been on a crappy team uh, for so long, and Shohei Otani, who didn't really have much of a choice to be on the team, because... Uh, he was a prospect, uh, came to the team, and that's his that's his help. Uh, and someday I believe the Angels will make a, a legitimate playoff push. But that's kind of the beauty for the fans of baseball. It's just like, okay, this is a team that has a star, but and they're watchable, and they're going to be on ESPN because they have this star, but they're probably not going to be in the playoffs by, by September. Um uh, but basketball's not like that. If you, if you don't have a star, you're, you're garbage. And if you only have one star, then you're probably still garbage. So, because um, I don't believe the Pelicans are anywhere near the playoffs right now. No. And they have Zion Williamson, who's a freak of nature, number one pick by far. Um, and his team still kind of stinks. Um, so, you, you don't even have that guy. You don't even have you. You have the guy in the playoffs, so so that's kind of how the NBA is. Everybody flocks to one team. I don't particularly like that, but in the Knicks, it's kind of different because I feel like uh, free agents have been waiting so long to sign with the Knicks because they're in the mecca of basketball and they play for one of the most prestigious teams, but they have just stunk so bad that, that they yeah. can't sign with the Knicks. So yeah, I agree with you though. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, uh, happy schedule release, and I'm sorry that we weren't able to talk about it. We'll probably talk about it next week because it is big NFL news. But yeah. that is the Goal Line Gap podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Episode 3. And as you heard me mention before, we have two very special guests coming up. We haven't particularly scheduled them yet, but they are two guys. And if you are an MLB fan or really just a sports fan in general, you got to take a listen. We are excited for that. Thank you for listening GLG. Uh, check out our Twitter at GoalLineGab and our Instagram at GoalLineGab, I believe, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. GoalLineGab. And newly TikTok at GoalLineGab. Uh, make sure to check it out everywhere on social media. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week.